Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness about issues concerning animals. This includes animal advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and, importantly, appreciation. The program is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne, Australia and streamed live via the 3CR website. Recent podcasts are available via both the 3CR and Freedom of Species websites. All podcasts are available via iTunes. Welcome to Freedom of Species. I'm Kate Gracie and... Here I'm with, Emma Townsend. And, yes, Emma Townsend, introducing <laughs> herself. Thank you. On the panel. Now, unless you've been living in a cave without Wi-Fi, you're probably aware to some extent about palm oil and that its production impacts disastrously on orangutan populations in Malaysia and Indonesia. So today we're hearing from some exceptionally good folk from the organisation Palm Oil Investigations, which was established four years ago to fight on behalf of the orangutans. So here in the studio with us, we've got Lorinda Jane, the founder and president, and Natalie Sadie, who's a committee member. Thank you for coming in to join Emma and I today. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Kate. Yeah, thank you. Now, Lorinda, I just want to start with the threats you've received. You've rece- received threats since you started yep. Palm Oil Investigation. These threats must have made you reconsider your commitment to the cause. Um, no, not really. The, the, the One threat uh, was quite terrifying actually that's one that came in the mail we've we've had quite a few threats via legal channels but we've got you know really good uh lawyers that um you know back us up but we did get one threat which um terrified me because it actually targeted my daughter so that one came in the mail wow did they ever find who sent that threat no no they didn't they actually fingerprinted um that went through to the detectives and they fingerprinted the envelope and the letter but they never found who who it was. All we know that it was posted from Northcote right, area. Yeah. Right. So, but that you, you your commitment didn't waver. No, no, it didn't frighten us. So, what actually happened was I went to the post office to pick up some mail, and there was an anonymous letter that had been uh, typed up for myself with my name, um, threatening that if we put their products into our Palm Oil Scanner app, that um, I would be sorry, and that they knew where my daughter lived and went to school. So what I did was I went straight to the police station, went back to our um, Facebook page and copied that letter, took a photograph and posted it on our page and just said um, to the weak person that had done this, once we find out who they are, we would expose them. Good on you. Yep. Excellent. Yep. But, yeah, what an ordeal. Yeah, it was pretty frightening. It was it was not frightening for me, but more frightening for my daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now... So what palm oil investigation is doing is is clearly a very significant undertaking, particularly in the eyes of the palm oil industry. Yep. Can you tell us exactly what POI does and why it might incite such psycho responses from some? Yeah, well, palm oil's a hidden ingredient. It's uh, something that, that a lot of brands don't like to highlight on their products. 
But what we do is we actually find that palm oil, the that the content that's in the products, and we um, expose that to the public, and we let let people know what is in the products that they're buying. So if it's hiding palm oil, we we will actually bring it to the surface. Um, from there, we also actually, believe it or not, work with the brands on their palm oil supply to make sure that it's coming from as ethical sources as it possibly can. Um, we also work with, with brands to remove palm oil if they want want to do that. So there's actually a lot that we do. We, we also do a bit of consultancy. You know, I've just done some for a um, chain store, you know, that are, that are trying to go palm oil free. So that's, you know, on the cards. That's, we'll be announcing that one soon as well. So, yeah. I saw one of your services on your website was um, consulting to tuck shops. Yes. That's yes. amazing. How, what what does that involve? Yeah, to canteens. We've had uh, quite a few school canteens that have decided to remove palm oil from uh, any, you know, chips and things that they're selling in canteens. So they'll come through to us and actually send us their product list, uh, uh, the stock that they're selling, and we will go through that and check the palm oil content. And if they want to remove palm oil, we will... Um, you know, give them replacement products that they can put into their line. That are, you know, palm oil's also, it's not a healthy, it's not in healthy food, it's in junk food. Yeah. So, But what a great initiative that schools can then declare themselves palm oil free. Yeah. Schools. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Um, now, admittedly, I didn't study food labels as a kid like I do now. Yeah. But I, I never, I don't recall palm oil even being an ingredient in, in food when I was growing up. Why has it become such a common ingredient only relatively recently, and, and what makes it so damn attractive to food manufacturers? The problem with palm oil is that it's too good. That's that's the issue with palm oil. It's actually a, a very, very versatile oil. Um, brands, it was originally used by the cosmetic and personal care and cleaning industry, but then it switched over to the um, food industry because it's a cheap oil. It's actually manufactured cheaply, it's harvested cheaply, it's produced tr- cheaply. So the brands, the larger brands can actually, you know, make a better profit by using palm oil in their products other than, you know, using any other sunflower or, or, you know, any other oils. And the other thing that it does um, to increase their profit margin is it extends shelf life. Mm -hmm. So those products which normally would expire, um, you know, a lot sooner can now stay on the shelf for a lot longer. So it's kind of a preservative yes. as such. Yeah. Yes, and it's bland. It's also very bland in taste and it, and it gives a very creamy texture as well. And it's actually an efficient um, crop, isn't it? Yeah, it's highly efficient, highly efficient. It's, it's the highest yielding crop, um, oilseed crop that's out there. It actually produces the highest yield. And in terms of its health, is it is it... Is it unhealthier than its alternatives? Um, it, it's actually the highest in saturated fat, so oh. it's not that healthy. And like I, you know, like I said, it's in uh, junk food. You know, that if if people weren't consuming, you know, prepackaged foods, everyone would be a lot healthier. You know, mm. so it's not um, it's not a it's really not a healthy oil. But I don't think any any oil that is high in saturated fats or trans fats really is yeah yeah of course now your um your app that you've made yes that sounds like an incredibly intensive undertaking it must mean that you have to research every product's palm oil content to determine whether it's certified sustainable palm oil or not 
And with, there's so many products available in the supermarket and new ones coming out every day. How the hell do you do this? Yep, we've, um, we actually started off, we, we purchased a database um, of the barcodes. So that was our first step. It's taken us years to get the app live. And every single product in there we have researched um, because palm oil's not labelled. We've contacted the brands. We've found out the certification. We checked with the RSPO um, if a brand... What's the RSPO? The, the RSPO is the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil. They're the okay. ones that do the certification. They're okay. the certification body. Yep. So we, you know, we've loaded every single one of those products one by one. If something doesn't scan, people, you know, take a photograph of the barcode send it in and we will um, research that product and load it. My God, that's such a huge. And so it's, a, it's an obviously an ongoing It's task. ongoing. It, it, it's still a work in progress. We've managed to load over 150,000 products into the app. <gasps> wow. So are they Australian apps? I mean, Australian products or are they international products? Um, Australian and international. Uh, you know, there's things like Unilever and PepsiCo and all of that that, that are made overseas, and but they're on Australian shelves. So, okay. Yep. Does a similar app exist in overseas? There's there's other apps. Um, there's one in the USA, but it doesn't really go into the um, detail that ours goes right. into. Yeah, it just basically yeah, one that says that yes, there's palm oil or no, there's not. Um, actually, there's two apps, and there's another one that that does. I think go into the certification, but we can't download it here because it's not based in Australia. So I I, I can't really say, you know, as to how how it works and yeah yeah can I just um ask something with the certification body that you referred to yes would they all be um their guidelines would be set by that certification body yeah and who who makes up that body is that industry um... yeah it's actually a multi-stakeholder industry body um it's formed by the round table is actually was started by WWF um but it, it incorporates um all sectors of the industry so you've got a few NGOs, um, the banking industry that are financing palm oil, the palm oil companies and, and the brands sit on the t- on the table. But the big problem with that is industry can't govern industry. Yeah, look, I, I want to talk about the RSPCO yeah. in a little bit because I think that there's a can of worms there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a, a big bucket of worms. Yeah. So, but tell me... Um, is there such a good? Is it? Is there such a thing as good palm oil, or is, or is palm oil production just inherently destructive? Um, there is good palm oil. The problem with palm oil is that it, it can only grow ten degrees north or south of the equator belt, so it's growing, um, you know, across Indonesia, Malaysia, um, Colombia, and parts of Africa. You know, and this is where there's valuable ecosystems, and so that's the problem with with the way it grows, but. In regard to good palm oil, you know, I personally have been to a, a good palm oil plantation. Where was that? Uh, that was actually in Peninsula, Malaysia, uh-huh. and it was an ex-rubber plantation, and it's an isolated island that is just off Kuala Lumpur there, a couple of hours out of Kuala Lumpur, and that has never been, you know, it was destroyed. If there was forest there, it was destroyed for rubber, but then they've... Um, and what, that was a long time ago? That was a long, long time ago. And then, you know, and there's never been any orangutans there in Peninsula Malaysia, so that, that hasn't really impacted any habitat there. And it's now all palm oil, and everything that's manufactured is on that island. So did they just pull out the rubber they trees the, and yeah. put in... So they didn't destroy habitat, no, they, they just replaced no, individual right. trees? that's right, yes. 
Yeah. Right. So there is good palm oil. It's just trying to find out where it, where it's coming from because it's it's an untraceable oil. But if there's good palm oil, and we're talking about this one rubber rubber ex rubber plantation, yep. I mean, which is one isolated case. Yes. Are there a, is there enough to meet the, of good palm oil to meet the demand if the, if it's in so much of our no products? No. It's just it just just won't match. No. The numbers won't match. No, it won't. Yeah. No. And you've got to also think about, you know, currently, um, you know, pretty much Indonesia, Sumatra is just, their forest is nearly gone. It's it's quite really sad what's happening over there. Um, Borneo is heading that, that same way. But, you know, what uh, the lifespan of an oil palm is 30 years. So... That's you, not long. It, no, not really. So you have to wonder about the the word sustainable because sustainable is something that, that keeps going. These plantations are going to last thirty years, but so then they can't. Can they just replace those? They can, but then they they won't fruit for three years. Yeah, there's that lag. There's that lag. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting as to what happens. Yeah, we're yeah. suggesting things are going to get worse. Absolutely, unless people start taking action, and that means to take action. If you're saying the numbers don't match and there's this lag period, it means actually removing palm oil out of food is not, yeah, not depending yeah, on it. Um, I think we're going to talk about uh, boycott um, yeah, we will. at, at, we will. at one point. We will. But um, it, it, I believe that the what the solution at this point in time, it's not a boycott, but we need to reduce the consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, my understanding too is that sustainable palm oil certification isn't strictly limited to the interests of the orangutan, is it? It's, it also addresses human rights yeah. and environmental pollution, etc. Can you expand on those other those yeah. other elements of the certification? Yep. Look, human rights, they don't cover that much. Um, but what, what is common in, in palm oil plantations um, is that there's a lot of child labour um, and a lot of slave labour. Now, that's not in all plantations, but it is happening. Um, it also covers, you know, you've, you've got plantations that, uh, you know, they're deforesting what's called peatlands, which is you know years and years and years. It's like compost that's that's built up. Um, and if you're a member of the RSPO, you you're not meant to plant on peat. Um, you're not meant to destroy forest. Uh, you know primary forest. There, there's a few regulations that are there, but they're not strong enough. I actually believe that if the RSPO was working, you know it it um, the problem would be solved. Yeah. now but they've only managed to certify 18 percent of world supply oh it's yeah <coughs> excuse me it's really nothing in the yeah. big scheme of things yeah yeah and that's that's been over an 11 year period yeah that's dire now let's talk about this main certification body the rsp the rspo or the round table of sustainable palm oil yes you know they used oh well, they kind of were in my mind were they kind of regarded the flag bearers of sustainable palm oil but to be honest, I was always a bit sus on them because I just, I just don't really trust industry-led assurances. Yeah. But you know, hey, that's all we had to rely on, so I kind of just begrudgingly yep. accepted their claims. Yeah. But anyway, now it seems that Palm Oil Investigations no longer endorses RSPCO, RSPO. No. So tell me, what went down? What went down was um, we've actually have always been informed that the RSPO was the only option for sustainable palm oil and that that was the the you know to solve the palm oil issue it would be to certify 
Now, we, we also work in conjunction with all the NGOs that are down on the ground, all the ones that are, you know, trying to save habitat and all the animals. And there's a lot of them? Um, there's there's not a lot because there's not a lot of forest left, right? right? So there's not a lot of um, NGOs. But, yeah, okay. But the ones that are there are, you know, run flat chat. Yeah, you know. yeah. So what we were seeing is that um, a lot of these rescues, a lot of animal slaughters were happening on our on RSPO plantations. Uh, sorry, they were just going in and slaughtering the animals before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah for yeah. what for what purpose? What was their obje- when their slaughter was it? Must the, have been the, an objective. Yeah, yeah. They reason. they actually um, believe that the orangutans and elephants are pests to the plantations because they can destroy the crops, especially the okay. young crops. You know, when you've got a... Um, you talk like talking saplings yeah, of palm, yeah. palm trees. Yes. Yeah, okay. And, you know, the larger ones, the elephants can destroy those. So okay. what, what they actually do is, um, you know, when they destroy the forest is they will leave a pocket of land um, where the orangutans, as an example, will get trapped. So they've got no food. They'll, you know, eat what's what's there and then they're starved. And the only way through is to go through, to get out of that area, is to go through a plantation. Now, when they're looking for food, they will pull the centres of the saplings out um, and destroy the crops. So they'll shoot them, um, and, and or it's it's actually mainly with machete. They'll actually kill them with a machete. And the thing is, is that their babies are worth money in the legal pet trade. So especially for legal pet trade, illegal, oh, illegal, illegal pet, pet trade. Yep. yep. So they will actually kill a mother and take the baby and then sell on sell that baby for, for money. Um, but when when it comes to the elephants, because they're also trapped, they actually need an elephant col- They need a corridor to be able to, to walk through to get from food to food. When that's destroyed, they have to go through the plantations. Now, um, as you're aware, elephants are big animals, and they'll knock quite a few trees down. Just trample. Just, just trample, trample, yes. Stuff, inadvertently. Yes, yeah. yes. Or they'll, you know, move into villages, uh, local villages, and they, there's, you know, conflict with, with villages. So what they'll do is they'll set bait out and they'll poison the herds. Yeah. Yep. So so this is what went down. Yeah, this, this, this is this is what you found, that RSP, that this was occurring on RSP, yes, it was RSPO happen- yeah. plantations. Yeah, it was happening on RSPO plantations. Um, it also happens on non-RSPO plantations. But the thing is, is it would take the RSPO many years to actually deal with a complaint. Now, recently, what what caused us to withdraw was that there was a um, specific plantation called the IOI group that had destroyed habitat and there was human rights issues and all of that. And the RSPO finally showed some teeth and they removed their membership. Now, we all applauded the RSPO. We said, right, great, that's great that you've, you know, acted and then uh, within a couple of months reinstated that membership and started selling their oil as certified oil again. So we said, while you're doing that, and it, it puts it throws, if they're going to certify bad oil, how do you know what the good oil is? You know, if, if you've got this bad oil, um, destructive oil going in and that's coming through as certified then that throws a blanket over the entire palm oil industry mm. because then you don't know mm. what's coming where. So from that point, we just said we're not going to support you until you start um, pulling your head in and pulling your socks up, basically. And what was their response? Um, they got quite upset with us. 
Um, as soon as we released that statement, the RSPO was straight onto Skype with me and trying to talk us back into the support and explaining their situation. Um, you know, they got quite angry. They ended up putting out a statement at Christmas, the day after on Boxing Day, in response to our statement. Was, I mean, deliberately on Boxing Day because yep. there's no news on Boxing there's Day. There's no news yeah. and, 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 you know, we were all on break, so... Yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't going to jump out of my holiday to go back in and respond, but, you know, they had a right to reply. Um, but the thing is, is that the RSPO, rather than fixing the problems, they get critical. That they, you know, they don't they don't take to criticism very well. They actually, you know, come out swinging rather than having a look at the issues. So is that the case now? Are they, are they trying to resolve issues or are they, or is it still um, just a standoff? Yeah, they're just, they, they keep, introducing new standards but what they do is there's a base standard and then um with certification and and then they find that that's not working so they'll put another standard on top of that and another one on top of that and there's all these different choices so what happens instead of fixing what's down the bottom is they just keep piling more rubbish on top of it and it just weighs it all down and it just gives everyone more out yeah right to not comply Mm. Mm. Um, it's a big can of worms. It's a, it's very confusing, very complex. It is. It's really complex, and and I understand that too. That I mean, uh, f- food like food manufacturers can source this like certified palm oil. Yes, and they you'll have some foods that have certified palm oil and non certified palm oil. Yes, which they, so you got a product with something that's certified and something that's not. Yeah. Why on earth would a food manufacturer do that? Like, if you were look, why would you spend the money on extra? on certified palm oil if you're also going to have it contaminated with non-certified palm oil. I mean, that sounds like madness. Yep, yep. Why is that going on? Well, well, what's also happening too is that the certified palm oil comes, you know, comes at a cost. So there's a lot of audits all all along the way. Um, So it's it's quite expensive. But then you've got people, uh, we just caught Coles out, actually. Coles and Woolworths, the largest supermarket chains in Australia. Coles are in a bit of trouble at the moment because they'd been labelling the palm oil certified and it's not. And so they've been putting on pack that their palm oil in their home-branded products was certified sustainable palm oil. So we lodged a complaint with the RSPO and they actually did act. Now Coles have to remove all those claims from all their packaging. There's no penalty for making a false claim? No. no. And so we... all they have to do is just go, oh, sorry, and then yep. they scratch it out. And that's that's it. right. And we tried with the ACCC on multiple occasions and they seem to not take any notice. Right. It's, not, it's not an issue that the ACCC are concerned about. Is it because, they're t- because Coles Woolworths too big? Um, no, no. I think that, that if they could have acted, they would have because there's a lot of money if they actually, for the ACCC, if yep. they did take action. I think the thing is with palm oil is, it, is the certification is so complex it's so hard to understand yeah. that I don't know that they actually, the ACCC, have the ability to understand or the time to, you know, take the time to actually understand uh, their certification process. There must be other food ingredients that have certification processes that need to have yeah, but they're not as, wrapped around. Yeah, they're not as complex as the RSPO. Really? RSPO yeah. takes the cake for yep, that? that takes the cake. Okay. Yep. Now, has RSPCO also been dissed by the other palm oil campaigners, or is it just something uh, that yeah, POI there's have been done? a there's been a few. There was quite a few NGOs that were on the uh, with the RS, RSPO, you know, not on the committee, but as members. Uh, one of the major ones is Sumatra and Orangutan Conservation Program, with through their support, 
Um, I think that was possibly about six or eight months before we did. They were the first ones. Um, they, you know, put out a public statement. We've been told before we put out our statement that a lot of the other NGOs said, look, you know, you're best not to withdraw support but maybe just um, encourage the RSPO to strengthen uh, their policies. But while everyone's doing that, they're actually not doing it. Mm. So once we withdrew, then we we knew, we found that a lot of the other NGOs um, who all work independently, you've got the Rainforest Action Network and, and Greenpeace, they all started to um, publicly oust the RSPO as well. Yeah, they haven't withdrawn support, but they they are now becoming extremely critical. Right. So what you did was really important to get RSPO to, to yeah. buck up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And they they're not going once they actually show that that what they do is working, then they'll get our support okay. back. Okay. Yep. Okay. But until such time. So you're ready to 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 bring them back into the fold if they only if they can show what if they're they, doing, yeah. if if what they're doing is uh worthwhile and mm. that they're going to stick to their standards and that it actually works. Okay. Now um, POI palm oil investigations isn't calling for a boycott of palm oil, even despite these failings of the certification body RSPO. Yep. You know, like why not? Because if we can't identify sustainable palm oil, shouldn't we just be saying no to all of it? Uh, not necessarily. We actually need to. Um, we do need to regulate the industry. Palm oil is not going to go away. That's the problem. Is boycotting if every consumer boycotted palm oil um, out of their products, it's really not going to make a huge dent in the industry. Um, so it really does need to be regulated. Okay, that is that is the solution. But in regard to the, in the in the food industry, there really does need to be a reduction of consumption. Okay, and now when you say food industry, because um, Palm oil isn't just limited to the food industry, no. is it? What, what else? No. What else is it in? Ten um, percent goes into that, that's manufactured goes into biofuel. All oh, right, okay. okay. So that you know your petrol, your green fuel. Yeah, um, it's actually uh, fueling some airlines like Garuda. Um, then you have eighteen percent going into personal care and cleaning products and cosmetics. Right, uh, but they've always used it. Certified, right. or you mean no, palm no, oil. They're, they're palm, palm, palm derived oil. ingredients. Yeah. That's yep. been a long time thing. Yeah, food industry is seventy two percent. Right. Okay. So that's where the pressure needs to go. Yeah, into the food. Okay. Now we're just going to have a break. Yep. Make a cup of tea. Yes. Um, you've got a song for us. You've chosen a song. Oh, I do. I have. Now we're doing the Pixies first up. Yeah, let's do the Pixies. We're first doing, up. and the song that I've chosen is uh, "Monkey Gone to Heaven." But I would like to state that um, an orangutan isn't a monkey, it's an ape. And the difference being that a monkey walks along the top of the branches and an orangutan swings under the bottom of the branches. Oh, is that the difference? That's the difference. Under wow. the canopy? Yes. Ah. And only you could get away with such dark humour. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of this song title. Yes. Let's, let's do it, Em. You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. You've just been hearing from Lorinda Jane um, talking about palm oil investigations, the organisation, and about their fight to save the orangutans. Now, we're just going to go back onto this issue of the the forest animal species because we hear a lot about the orangutans and how the 
palm oil industry is is decimating their population, and rightly so. But there are other animal, other forest animal species that are being impacted by yep. the industry, right? So, can either one of you elaborate on what these other animal species are, and 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 what's actually happening, how they're faring in this? Yep. Um, look, you've got the wolf well, star this, you've got the um, proboscis monkeys. You know they're um, you know endangered. The orangutan, both Sumatran and, and uh, Bornean, are both critically endangered. Uh, Sumatran elephants, pygmy elephants, um, the tigers, Sumatran tigers, there's only a couple of hundred of those left. Um, and then you've got the Sumatran rhino, which is down to around about 80 species left um, wow. of that. But there's, you know, sun bears, it, it impacts uh, the hornbills, everything. But... I. I'm going to pass over to Natalie to actually say something well, about that. Well, this is kind of going back to uh, the conversation before about the animals being slaughtered. Um, animal tourism is a huge thing and we all see on everybody's Instagram and Facebook feeds photos of them riding elephants, photos with the baby orangutans. They all come from these uh, palm oil plantations. So when the mothers or the adults are slaughtered, the babies are taken into the illegal wildlife trade and... That's where those baby orangutans come from. And they're only used as long as they're small enough to be moved around and handled and easily. Cute. Yeah. And yeah. the moment they grow up and get too strong, they often get chained up somewhere, put in boxes, killed. We don't we don't know. And then so that's one thing. And orangutans are we share ninety seven or ninety-eight percent of our DNA with them. And so they are um they can pick up human diseases. We shouldn't be handling them without masks and things like that in order to protect them. Then you've got the elephant rides. Again, the babies are taken from their slaughtered mothers and just broken down in a way that is horrendous. And there's so many videos available on online to see all of this. Yeah, and it's horrific. Yeah, yeah. so to this is where it comes down to us being responsible and making choices. If we stop paying to have our photos taken with these babies that becomes less valuable to these people in terms of selling them off and killing uh, the mothers and all of that. And photos with tigers, it's the same thing. They're taken from their mothers that are killed. So this is all, all of this is coming from palm oil. It's really interesting to note also, I think a lot of people wouldn't think that they're doing damage no. by taking the photo. I mean, no. as I understand it, I've heard that, you know, they can say that they're doing something for conservation or they can mm. easily greenwash taking a photo of, um, you know, you with the particular baby animal mm. because they they know that Westerners are waking up a bit. So you, mm. you just say no to that. Is that right? Yeah, and everybody sort of thinks, oh, it's just me, it's just one photo and um, a girlfriend of mine, and I haven't had the discussion with her because some people get very defensive about this, but she took a photo at one of the tiger, tiger temples somewhere and she said oh I don't like that they're here but because they are I'll go in and have a photo and this is the power of one Mm. if all of us say I am going to make a change I am going to stop what I am purchasing I'm going to I'm going to make the choice to buy things that only have certified sustainable palm oil if I say I am not having a photo with that orangutan or I am not going on that elephant ride because it's what I want all of a sudden that's one less person that they're getting money from, that they, you know, being encouraged to keep going with it uh, from. If 10 people do it, that's a that's an impact. If 100 mm. people all decide I will do the right thing, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing, 
that's a huge impact on this industry that is raping our earth. Yeah. yeah. How do you identify these um, these sanctuaries? You know, you can go to an elephant sanctuary or an orangutan sanctuary or whatever in Indonesia and Malaysia. How do you identify the ones that are actually doing the right thing? Because I know there's, there's there is really ethical yep. sanctuaries mm-hmm. and there's ones that are just completely exploitative. Yep. How do you how do you find the right one? The ones the ones that are doing the right one, that doing the right thing, you're actually not allowed into. Yep. Oh right. That's, Easy. that's the bottom line. Oh, wow. Yeah. With that the, is the bottom line. With yeah, the okay. elephants, though, there are apparently a couple of good sanctuaries, but they are the ones that will not let you ride the elephants. Yeah. You could go in and you can sort Observe. of... Yeah, and yeah. you can muck out the stables and sort of help with them in, in that respect. And elephants aren't picking up human diseases, but if it says at the end of it you get to ride an elephant, stay away. Yeah. yeah. Or interact with them. I understand that even, mm. even interacting with... With animals that are meant to be wild, is yeah. you know that's there's the detriment. Yeah, well, with with orangutans, you know that they can catch human disease, so right. you should not get close. Yep, you can wipe out you know a heap of them if you, one of them gets sick and goes back into the jungle from you, you can wipe out the whole lot. Right. So, you know, you've got to be be really really careful. But right. the, in regard to the orangutan sanctuaries, um, you actually can't. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed in. And if you are allowed in, you have to be masked up, yep. have your blood tests, um, wow. make sure you're Im- immunised and you're not allowed to touch the babies right? as Good. much as you want to. Yeah. But, you know, look, there's a, a really sad example that happened, um, you know, 12 months ago. It, one of the rescue teams that we work with um, rescued an orangutan. This is, a, this is what happens to them. Um, his name was uh, Chrisman. And he was captured when he was a baby and put in a cage. Now, that cage, the door of the cage was um, a foot by foot big and the cage was a metre by metre. They had to cut him out of the cage when he was 30 years old. Oh, my God. They couldn't get him out of the door. That's horrific. Yeah, right. The other thing, just very quickly to remember with all of these animals, they come from very complex social structures. Mm. These are animals that should not... They're not cats and dogs that at eight weeks they're fine without mum or dad. They live in these family groups, and so to have them ripped away, there's also the psychological effect on these animals. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, Now, I find it really disturbing that the Malaysian government is against mandatory palm oil labelling because they say it'll damage the industry. Yes. You know, that's sort of tantamount to saying that their economy needs consumer ignorance. Yeah. I mean, that's that's relying on deviousness. Is, is that right? Uh, yes, yes. Look, the thing is is that the Malaysian palm oil um, has been around probably for a lot longer than the Indonesian, you know, like they've they've pretty much destroyed all their forest. Right. Um. They, yeah, they actually don't, because of the reputation that palm oil has, they don't want it labelled. And there's been a very good uh, example with the labelling that came in, uh, you know, trying to get it passed through the Senate, is that there was a letter that was submitted by the Malaysian Palm Oil Council to the Australian government that actually made a threat that if uh, we labelled palm oil, that they would, uh, you know, stop the export of uh, meat and things like that. Wow. Trade. Yeah, right. It would affect trade. Yeah, right. Yes. So they're yeah, they're 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 serious about it. Yes. Yeah, okay. Now and I understand that there's a that a, a mandatory palm oil labelling submission was made to the Food Standards Australia New Zealand yes. back in two thousand and eight, but it was rejected and I think it was on the grounds that it was you know, they said it was beyond their mandate. Yeah. And And a lot of the brands actually wrote in um opposing Did they write? Yes. Okay. Now do you think 
I mean, that was back in 2008. That's almost 10 years ago. Do you think they could be convinced to revisit that decision anytime soon? Because, you know, times are a-changing. Consumers are wising yep. up. Do you think that it, it might – we might be able to get the government on board with this sometime soon? We hope soon? so. We hope so, but um, I think that there's, you know, issues at the moment. Malcolm Turnbull's done a trade with uh, Joko Widodo over there to import more palm oil Who's into the Australia. Who's the president of Indonesia. Yes, of Indonesia. Um, so there's been a, a handshake deal done there to make sure that we get more palm oil in, and that is actually on the, on the deal that there's zero restrictions on that um, import. So the so prospects aren't great well, right now. I, um, yeah, I, I would hope that it goes through, but I think that because Indonesia and Malaysia are a very close um, country to us, that there is the fear of upsetting trade deals. Mm-hmm. Can I just interject there for a minute? Because I hear that you referred to before that companies contact you, like food brands contact you. Yes. Um, on the upside, so to speak, do you find there's more and more contacting you to make sure they know where their palm oil is coming um, from? Have you had an increase of that traffic? Yeah, not really. Not really. Okay. We would hope that a lot of them are quite scared of us. You know? Oh, it must mean you're doing something really yes. good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good sign. A lot of them are quite... You know, we, we had a funny incident happen with lint chocolates. Um, do you remember that one, Natalie? The, Remind me. Oh, uh, we put up a, a... Do you mind if I talk about this? Please. Yeah. We put up a poster, it was a couple of years back, um, on lint chocolates and I had an x-ray, uh, we always do a photographic post and I had an x-ray from one of the orangutans that was rescued by one of our partners that had been shot something like 36 or 56 times with an air rifle. So I grabbed that x-ray of the bullets and everything and I, I just said, you know, this orangutan was shot um, because of palm oil and down the bottom I put lint chocolates contains palm oil. Right, so then we got a little Facebook message from Lint Chocolates that gave me 24 hours to take that down. Ooh. Otherwise, we would um, hear from their lawyers, right? So I quickly, you know, I panicked as, I, as we, <laughs> ah, you know, I'm in a bit of trouble. What am I going Oops. to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I contacted our lawyer. Like We've got some really good legal, yeah. legal team. And they said, listen, you know, you haven't said that that's in theirs. You've yeah. just said it, it's two different sentences. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You know, you're right. So I actually put up a post on our page and I said, we've been th- threatened by lint chocolates. So, oh, my God, how dare they? Everyone started going onto the lint page. Well, you know, it's bad enough using palm oil, but to threaten an NGO, now you're in yeah, really big wow. trouble. <laughs> and then lint chocolates then put up a big status saying, we did not shoot that orangutan. You know, <laughs> it was it, wow. it's actually like we can laugh at it now. And then people were contacting us saying, because we said, you know, we've been given 48 hours to take it down, or twenty, actually 24 hours it was, to take this post down. And everyone's saying, we don't want to lose you guys, POI, please take it down, please take it down. So everyone's watching our page for that 12th hour. And as soon as it hit the 12th hour, I reposted it again. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Bravo. And Lint then just... You are kick-ass, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, I love it. It's <laughs> great. We just don't get frightened very easily. And then, you know what happened? Lint then turned to completely certified palm oil. Oh, good on you. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Nice happy ending. Yep. There's been a few battles like that over the years. Yes. Yeah. Arnott's didn't have a very good 100th birthday. No, they didn't. <laughs> oh. No. Arnott's didn't have a good birthday. Um, Cadbury is still on mm. our hit list. Can I just say, uh, Arnott's did start putting certified palm oil into their products, so I was happy with that. I just 
figure I yeah. should put it out there considering we've talked about the battle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You guys are movers and shakers. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. We That's don't get we don't get frightened. Yeah. The, the the times that we've been threatened by with legal has been by a tiny little brand. Oh yeah. A tiny little one. Can you say who that was? No, no, okay. I'd, I'd I'd rather not. Okay. We've, we've had a couple yep. um that have come. They're the ones that we're going to sue you for everything that you've got. You know, well, sue me for nothing because we're all volunteers <laughs> and we've got, got nothing, nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, they're always going to sue us because we've we've told people that they've got palm oil in their products. The big companies aren't so stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those small companies are actually really, really treading on fire when they actually come to us with a threat. Yeah, yeah. Don't ever threaten us. Yeah. Because... Because um, you bite back. Oh, we bite back really, <laughs> really yeah. big. Yeah, excellent. Now, I read an interview just last week um, where the Malaysian Plantations Minister said that each year 10 times more forest is cut down for beef farming. Yep. And I thought, wow, that's a really good point. You know... How do you respond to that and how do you then prioritise the palm oil issue? Um, look, beef does cause a lot of deforestation, but the difference, this is my opinion, it's just my opinion, um, the, the difference is is that beef and other, or other crops aren't destroying valuable ecosystems. Why not? What, why is... Well, it's, a lot of it's grazing land, isn't it? And, and a lot of the times it's actually not forest. Okay. So you, you just look here in Australia, you've got um, plenty of paddocks out there that have grass, you know. You don't have to chop, chop down, you know, a, a primary forest to have beef. Realistically, that's the way I look at it. And the environment that uh, palm oil is destroying are very small and very specific to these animals and yeah, right. different creatures that yeah. can only live in that part of the world. So beef farmers can be anywhere, but again, I'm going to now put my own two cents in. That's like saying, well, he's doing the wrong thing, so I can do the wrong thing. It's mm. just the wrong logic to have. Mm. We should instead be looking going, well, they might be doing the wrong thing, but I'll do the right thing. And there is land that they can put plantations on um, where they're not destroying this forest and, and the peat systems but it costs them more money to do it. It's cheaper to go in and illegally log these forests. Yeah, right. mm. Now, tell us, tell us about the relationship between palm oil production and climate change. Ah, okay. Well, we've got um, the, the peatlands in Indonesia, um, like these valuable ecosystems, is, I touched on peat before, they actually store uh, copious amounts of carbon. Now, when they're destroyed, it's releasing all this carbon into the atmosphere. And not only that is they burn, the slash and burn practices. So when they burn, the peat catches fire and they cannot uh, put these fires out because they travel underground. And they also, when, when they're doing slash and burn in Indonesia, the smoke um, billows right across to Singapore. These are those vast forest fires that we yes. hear about in yes. the news, aren't they? They're, and yes. they're massive. They're massive. They basically brutal. the entire country is it, set alight, and 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 is under is under smoke. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's how it, it's impacting. Um, you know, you you losing the climate's changing over there. You know, like when, when I was over there not long ago, we'd be walking into the forest. You know, and you'd be out in the clearing, and, and the sun would be beating down. As soon as you get to that forest and you walk in into that canopy, it's like a big air conditioner. Yeah, right. Beautiful. You know, 
it's a big air conditioner. It's it's cool and it's yeah. beautiful in there. And so they're destroying all of that. And it's also causing lots of floods, um, all those kind of things, yeah. So what's the support you're getting from the Malaysian and Indonesian public? Is there is there a good public awareness and an active local movement for, for orangutans yeah. in the forest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people, we actually, I actually get quite upset when everyone says, oh, bloody Indonesians, you know, mm. they don't care. That's not the case. Mm. It's actually not the case. They do care. You know, there's a lot of people, the communities do care. They're, they're over there trying to stop it. Yeah, okay. Um, the, the palm oil companies are actually big American-based companies um, or they come from Singapore, you know. They're, they're not – very few of them are, are local. Know, are local. Yeah, right. Yeah. And now palm oil investigations isn't – it's no longer an Australian – just an Australian entity, is it? It's You have chapters in other parts of the world. Yep. What functions do these other chapters perform? Um, they're, they're quite new. We've got the uh, UK – Okay. Team um, and the USA team. The USA team's you know not as big as the UK team, but that's kind of only been around for about the last twelve months, so it's still building. They do the same as what we're doing here. They mm-hmm. they're researching products and trying to raise awareness over there, um, and it is still building. So you know we we share a lot of the same information. Okay. I have to say I spend a lot of time in the US and. In the US, I read all the labels there as well. They are more readily putting palm oil as an ingredient on the packaging. I don't think the awareness is there of the issue, but it's a lot easier for me with the knowledge that I have to shop because I can see it right there. Go palm oil, okay, I will choose a different product. That's amazing because they don't label GMO products, do they? But they label palm oil, which is... The Again, reason being because wacky. of the trans fats. They, uh, they okay. cut out, they ban trans fats. <clears throat> right, okay, gotcha. Oh, okay, so it's a health initiative rather yeah. than... Yeah, mm. okay. Yeah, gotcha. I, I, um, it's amazing because I've known, um, come across um, POI and uh, thought you're a formidable uh, force of nature, you know, doing <laughs> great work. Geez, there must be a big team and a big office somewhere and today, of course... <laughs> mm. presented with these two amazing individuals doing everything on their own completely volunteer organisation. Yep. I would love to know, Kate, if it's all right, the stories of how you guys individually got involved with, yep. came across the issue. And Yep. Yeah. I'll tell my story and then Nat can tell her stories. We've both got two different stories. Um, yep. I uh, found a image of a burnt orangutan online. Um, it distressed me. I didn't know what palm oil was, so I researched and I decided that I was going to start a page. Um, I found out it was an ingredient and it was in products, so I wanted to actually find out what it was in and highlight it. So my palm oil investigation started as what was meant to be a Facebook page that I could share a few products with a few friends, but it went viral. And then I panicked. (laughs) (laughs) And then I panicked. Uh, Overnight, it was something like 10,000 people overnight asking me about palm oil products, and there was just me, and I was absolutely packing myself so I didn't sleep I googled 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 and I've done nothing else since just <laughs> still googling to still <laughs> no 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 no. I've gone a lot further than that now yeah. now I know it like the back of my hand yeah, cool. yeah but Nat started in a different way I came across Lorinda's page I think there would have only been a thousand or fifteen hundred followers at the time I started sharing with my friends none of which were following the page um then I went off and actually did the bachelor and drove Everybody in the house nuts with all the information. When you say this to fill in our listeners, the bachelor being 
The Bachelor Australia season one. I did compete for Tim's Heart, which Ooh. is what it's a it's a television, oh, TV show. It's sorry. a TV show. Reality TV. Yeah, Reality yeah. TV show. Looking yeah. for love, locked up in a house with twenty other women, single women. Mental, completely yeah. mental. So you had a captive audience. Yes, and they could not get away. <laughs> so they learned because Tim Tams kept coming into the house, and this is pre Arnett's getting on board with the certified sustainable palm oil. Um, and so I kept refusing kept telling them everything and in the end they were there going, we know. And I said, well, you still need to know more. Um, <laughs> I'm not finished yet. <laughs> no. And they heard it up until the day that I finished. So that was two months for them. Um, and then not long after I came out, Lorinda got in touch with me just one night and I think we struck, struck up a friendship mm. almost immediately and I was so inspired by this crazy woman that started this tiny little page for her friends and had gone on and, and turned it into this thing that was viral. I don't think at that point we even sort of had 50,000 followers. No. And we kind of started working together and the team has just grown exponentially and with people that I'm inspired by every single day and every one of us do it mm. for the love. Yeah, yep. it's it, that is you guys are inspiring because, you know, recently I heard Donnelly Patman speak about the canned hunting of lions and oh. Donnelly successfully lobbied the Australian government to ban Lion Trophy yep. um, hunt imports, which is just amazing. And Donnelly is an interior designer who was told about canned hunting and was so outraged that she got up and she did something about it. Yep. And then there's you, Lorinda, who was also busy minding your own business. Then you learned about what was happening to orangutans and you became so outraged that you got up and you did something about yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And it's I find that's a really powerful reminder that we each have the capacity to yep. create really important social change Yes, and do really, really important stuff without having particularly relevant qualifications. That's right. Or networks, are there... or you, you you find you you find what you your strong points are because I was I was always um, I worked in the music industry most of my life. Yep. Um, I did marketing and promotions. Yep. And things like that, so I knew how to to run, you know, the I understand human behaviour. So and I also worked in social media. So I actually thought to myself, how, you've got some how, skills there. Yeah. Well, yeah, everyone yeah. has some skills. It's yep. just. Who would have thought that you could apply that to a cause? Yeah. You know? So I, I grabbed what I knew and I thought instead of putting this into promoting music and bands and concerts, I'm actually going to promote it, put it into a cause. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. So everyone has something. Yep, that they a can skill. bring. Yes. And not just that they can lend to a cause, that they can create their they own. They can create mm. their own. They can do you something know, we, on their we own. We welcome um, the, the best thing that could happen with, with POI is that we're not needed anymore. Yeah. It's, yeah. Now tell us, because we're almost out of time, but can you tell us um, where we can learn more about POI yes. and what we need to be doing to help? Yes. Uh, we've got a, the Palm Oil Scanner app, so make sure you download that. It's free. You can get it from iTunes or um, Google Play. Right. Um, so use that to scan your products. Also follow us on Facebook. So mm -hmm. check us out on Palm Oil in Investigations. And we've just started a campaign called... Um, Eat palm oil free for to save a tree, and that's for June. So sign on. We've actually got a it's a fundraiser page, but what you do is you sign on, you get your sponsors, and then we ask you to cut all palm oil out of your products for the month month of June. Okay, that sounds that sounds doable. Yes, it's going to be a lot harder than a lot of pe people think though. Yeah, they're, they're they're going to have to find it, but yeah. we'll help them. We'll send you all a little promotional pack. And then you gain your sponsors, so you know you and it helps us. We're putting money back into conservation, and habitat restoration and protection. 
So you sign on, you say, well, you know, I'll set a target at $300 and you get your people to sponsor you. Okay. To do that. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do that. Yes. Now, um, that's all, that is all the time we have for today. Yes, for you. thank you. But thank you so much. It's been very illuminating talking to you both. Yeah. Um, you're, so you just if you've just tuned in, you've been listening to Lorinda Jane and Natalie Sadie of Palm Oil Investigations talking about how they're fighting to save the orangutans in Malaysia and Indonesia. Now, um, before we go, I've just got some community announcements. Have you, have you got any, Emma, that you oh, want to buy? Jump in first. Yeah, I briefly wanted to mention last Thursday night I went to the new uh, Forest Collective uh, that Friends of the Earth, uh, Gungara Environment Centre and the Wilderness Society are um, major drivers of um, and it's going to be fantastic. They're starting their campaign and it is basically, I'll just say short and sweet, don't buy reflex paper. Um, If you think that 600-year-old and older trees in our important forests need to be pulled down for cheap products or cheap mm. paper you're wrong you're wrong and um, <laughs> yeah. the looking at the native forests that they're deciding to log in the next two years is crazy so please no reflex paper and please jump on the forest collective gungara environment center or wilderness society website for more info now um some things coming up in this coming week in wodonga there's a shark water screening by fin free aubrey wodonga and that's taking place at the Sustainable Activity Centre on the Lincoln Causeway. That's happening this Tuesday evening on the 22nd of May. Melbourne Chicken Save is having a rally in the Burke Street Mall in um, Melbourne CBD at noon on Saturday the 27th of May, and all are welcome. The hum- uh, Humane Research Australia is having a fundraising afternoon tea in Fitzroy North. That's also on Saturday the 27th of May. Cheltenham Cat Rescue is holding a, the Great Catsby evening of, of drinking and dancing that will be taking place in Windsor, Saturday, 27th of May. And the Sea Shepherd Marine Debris Campaign are having beach cleanups in Sydney, Brisbane and Sunshine Coast next Sunday, the 28th of May. And Sea Shepherd's also having a vegan bake sale and garage sale at their Williamstown uh, base on Sunday, May the 28th. Details for all of those different events are on their respective Facebook pages. And they'll also come onto our Facebook page, Freedom of Species Facebook page in due course. So that's it for today. Um, you can follow Freedom of Species on our Facebook page and on Twitter. And you can contact us by email info at freedomofspecies.org. Many, many thanks to Lorinda Jane and Natalie Sadie of Palm Oil Investigations. You are inspiring. Thank you. And thank you, Emma, for your ever-reliable panelling. Um, stay tuned for Encyclopedia. That's coming up at two o'clock. And Lorinda, you've got another your other song that you've got coming up for us. Oh yes, um, we're doing a bit of Nick Cave because I love love Nick Cave, and we're going to do Helpless, um, which is an Neil Young cover. Oh nice! And I, and I thought that that was actually appropriate um, okay. to play. Yeah, no, the, yeah. The it lyrics. Is. Unfortunately, yes. it is. Very Unfortunately, it is for the animals. There okay. You go. Thank you, Lorinda. Thank you. See you all next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.